Welcome to Longview Baptist Church. Where will you spend your eternity? This is a question that does have an answer, even if you don't know what it is. I am Pastor John. This ministry is designed to prepare you for that day we will all face, our last. Join us as we find an answer to the tough questions. And remember, you cannot truly live until you're truly ready to die. With the weather and the way things have been going here lately with the weather, the heat, and now the humidity, and finally got some rain, so praise the Lord for that. Um, Jonathan and the family are on a well-deserved vacation, so uh, you guys get me this morning. Uh, you'll get Aaron tonight, so I look forward to that. Been trying to get him up here. He's a wonderful uh, Sunday school teacher, and I hope you guys will get the blessing that the kids and, and we as the adults that are in there uh, get uh, every Sunday as well. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. But uh, one second, please. I was kind of trying to see where God wanted me to go with this uh, message this morning. I thought he wanted me to go in a different direction and was working on that. And then he kind of laid this on me. Uh, and it seemed very relevant uh, for the day and age that we're living in. So uh, I hope that you guys get a blessing or at least something out of this that you can take forward and uh, study on, maybe uh, chew on and use um, for uh, study purposes or ministering purposes because I think we all need pep talks from time to time. Uh, Jonathan has been in uh, the book of Acts for quite a while now. And I hope you guys have been getting what I have been getting out of it. Um, so uh, we're going to go in a little different direction today. The title of this message today is called Stay Calm. And the scripture is just one verse. This is Proverbs 15, verse 1. Now, <laughs> I could have went a million different directions with this uh, today. Or, yeah, and, and I guess what God wanted me to talk about was kind of more specific in how we handle things, but I just beg the question of how did we get here? And what I mean by that is as a, as a society or around the world, people are offended by anything and everything. And it's exhausting, is it not? I mean, you can't say something or do something that usually somebody's going to get offended by. And the problem is, is they get offended, but they want it to be your responsibility to make it right by them. And usually the only way that that'll happen is if you agree with them. You know, the, the day and age of being able to agree to disagree seems to be out the window. It's gone. And that's, that is so sad. Uh, the news today is a never-ending cycle of one group of people having said something or done something that offends another group of people. And then it's just back and forth and back and forth, and the fire keeps getting stoked. And that's exactly where Satan wants us to be, is it not? Because a nation divided will fall, and that's where he wants us to fall. The people he is using wants us to fall. And we don't need to be at odds with our brothers and sisters. And, you know, as Christians, we are brothers and sisters, but with everyone out there, in humanity is still your brother and sister because God made us all. We are all God's creation, are we not? So we're his children, we're his creation, and the problem is, is that is not the way God intended us to live together. And so we have to figure out a way to try and make it right, but 
fighting all the time is not the way we're going to make it right. Being mad at each other all the time is not the way we're going to make things right. God loves peacemakers. And in Matthew 5, 9, he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, 2 Corinthians uh, thirteen eleven says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. That's pretty encouraging, but the main theme of that is for us to be at peace with one another, is it not? So being a peacemaker is going to require something of us that's not natural. And what I mean by that is we have to humble ourselves. We have to look at others with humility. And that is not something that comes easily to us uh, each and every day. Uh, the problem is, is I believe a lot of people walking around out there in this day and age probably hate themselves as much as they hate the people around them. You know, they strike out in anger at every situation, whether it is justified or not. And, you know, how do you deal with people like that? You really can't. Uh, you, you definitely don't need to hit them head on. You, you've got to come at it from a different direction if you want to reach them. And I kind of saw this from a friend of mine that I went to school with. She had posted this on her social media post, and it was about a snake. And I thought that it was very pertinent or relevant with what uh, kind of what we're dealing with day and age and, and the way people are handling things in this day and age. And it goes something like this. It says, one night, a snake, while it was looking for food, entered a carpenter's workshop. The carpenter, who was a rather untidy man, had left several of his tools lying on the floor. One of them was a saw. As the snake went round and round the shop, he climbed over the saw, which gave him a little cut. At once, thinking that the saw was attacking him, he turned around and bit it so hard that his mouth started to bleed. This made him very angry. He attacked again and again until the saw was covered with blood. Dying from his own wounds, the snake decided to wrap itself around the saw and began to squeeze with all its might, but it ended up killing itself. So that is kind of where we're going with today's message. And if you guys would stand with me, uh, let's read God's Word. It says, A gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your word, Father, for the guidance that we get in your word each and every day, Lord. We just pray that we could just have a relationship with you and just uh, let the Spirit flourish within us, that it would give us the guidance we need to handle the problems and the worries of the world, Father, and the people that we encounter each and every day, Lord. We know that we're going to meet up with people that are not going to agree with us, they're not going to believe like us, uh, but Father, you made them and you want us to treat them with love the way you do, Father. Uh, you have sent your Son into the world that uh, we all might have eternal life, Father, and we need to have compassion upon them the way you do on us. And for these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. When we 
react with anger, we only hurt ourselves. That's kind of the first thing I want to talk about here. And I got to thinking about that a little life statement uh, overnight and even today, this morning. And I kind of wished I'd have changed that. So I'm going to change that a little bit for you. It says, when we react with anger, we always hurt ourselves. Because we're not the only ones that usually get hurt when we lash out in anger, are we? We usually hurt those around us. We normally hurt those that we love. And that is a bad thing. Uh, so we need to make sure that we uh, realize that we are the ones that are going It's going to get hurt ourselves, but we're also going to hurt those around us. Jonathan says uh, a lot about, you know, it's like drinking poison, thinking that you're going to kill the other person. You know, that's just not the way it happens. You know, it's, it's, we're going to be the ones to catch the brunt of it. Uh, <clears throat> the first part of that verse says that a gentle answer turns away anger. So what that implies to me is that something has been said or done that has already offended you in this verse. And now you have a choice of how you're going to respond to what's been said or done to you. But see, the verse here doesn't ask about the content of what was said or done or if the, a harsh response is justified. It just immediately goes to how are you going to handle it? And that's what kind of gets me. You know, Romans 12, 20, and 21 says this, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, you feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, that's where God wants us to, that's how he wants us to handle things. And if we look at it like being nice to these people is actually getting them back, then that's fine, however you need to look at it. But you need to handle it with love the way God handles us with love. So, um, you know, if somebody attacks you or says something against you, how you respond is going to be crucial because we as Christians need to handle things a certain way, do we not? So Romans 20 and 21 tells me a lot that I am supposed to treat those that attack me with kindness, consideration, uh, because that in turn might open the door uh, to maybe that I can minister to them and find out what the real problem is. And that's what we need to, to be after is what the real problem is. Now, I don't know if, you, uh, if any of you knew my father before he passed away. Uh, passed away, what, it's been almost three years now? Wow. But uh, he was a very good man. And I believe that I'm a lot like my earthly father. Uh, it, uh, watching him as I was growing up, he wasn't a man that kind of flew off the handle or really snapped at people. And that's, that's the way I am. I, um, you know, it takes a lot to make me mad, a lot to make me angry, and that can be a good thing. Uh, but if you keep on and keep on and you push me over the edge, then I'm one of those that uh, you will end up getting the full allotment of my anger. And uh, that's not a good thing. But the, the fact that I don't fly off the handle, or I'm not, you know, an aggressive person by nature, uh, that allows me to maybe diffuse the situation or really look at the situation uh, before it gets ugly. 
uh, most of the arguments that I've had or get into, uh, you know, I, I can kind of maybe look past the person and, and see maybe or try to figure out what's going on. But, uh, you know, when I get to the point to where I'm angry, I lose all control, I lose rationality, uh, and that's, uh, you know, Carol can probably uh, testify to that and tell you stories, which I'm not proud of, but uh, I usually say things that I wouldn't otherwise say, uh, probably do things I wouldn't otherwise do, and I'm the type that once I get to that, uh, I guess, stage of anger, if you hurt me, then I feel like everybody that's involved needs to be hurt. And I don't like that about me, and that's why I'm usually the, the nice guy. I've been accused of being too nice, and I keep telling people, I'm like, you, you, you would rather have that person than the alternative, so keep me as being too nice. Uh, I'm not, not a bad man uh, by no means. Uh, don't ever claim to be, don't want to be, uh, but uh, I, I don't have the uh, capacity to be angry and in control. I'm just not that type of person, but uh, I try my best to see the big per big picture, and I, like I said, I try to see past the person that might be uh, angry at me or doing something to me, and I try to ask myself, what is the real problem here? What is really going on in their life? Why are they acting like this? And, you know, um, I feel like sometimes maybe people are out of control and they're just taking it out on you instead of directing it at you. You know, does that make sense? So, so we really, if we lash back out at them in anger for something that, you know, maybe not even be directed at us, you know, once again, you're just stoking the fires of something that really needs to die down so you can get to the solution of the problem. And we really need to look at the solutions, not uh, try to, to keep it going. But, um, you know, we can't reach people for Christ or minister to them if we are attacking them. You know, we have to diffuse the situation. We have to look at them through the eyes of Christ. And the only way that we can do that is through our dependence upon Christ in our lives with, you know, reading our Bibles every day in prayer, trying to let the Holy Spirit work in and through us and really try to grow us and nurture us and, and mature us as Christians so that way we can see them the way Christ saw people. So the second thing is I want to talk about is our weakness is his strength. Or our weakness, his strength, I'm sorry. Uh, the last part of that verse reads, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now I kind of wish they had put this verse in reverse, if that makes sense. It was almost like it should have been a harsh word stirs up anger, but a, um, whoops, I'm sorry, but a gentle answer turns away anger, because that's the way you would want it to work out. But I got to thinking about that, you know, God is perfect in all that he does, um, you know, God would hope and wishes that we would handle things gently. But what's probably going to happen? We're going to handle things the wrong way. We're humans, we're flawed, we're sinners, and even as Christians, sometimes we get caught up in the moment and we can't handle things the way that we need to handle them, do we? We have to repent and we go back and, and try to make it right. 
Uh, so we, we're not perfect. We're not ever going to be perfect. So that's kind of the way I believe this verse is laid out. God wishes we would handle it gently, but most of the time if somebody's attacking you, you're going to attack back before you think about it. So a harsh word stirs up anger is usually what happens. Now, I don't know about you guys, but walking around in society today, I feel like a guppy swimming in a sea of piranhas. I'm just waiting for who's going to bite my head off, right? So people today are angry. They're angry. We see the evil running rampant in this world. We see that... um, I saw this the other day, and it blew my mind. There's a library holding an event up north somewhere. I believe it's in Minnesota, maybe. Um, But I I can't remember the location. But they're holding an event to have a seance because they believe that children need friendly demons to hang out with them. That's the world we live in. This, you know, Satan has gotten the best of the people. And, you know, he's winning. You know, we're, we're losing on the battle of Christianity because we are letting things go that we don't need to let go. Uh, we need to stand up and voice our opinions. We need to stand up and voice God's opinion, you know, which is what we should have. Uh, but, you know, there is evil that is running rampant in this world, and it has gotten people that have not saved. Uh, you know, lost people are going to act like lost people. I believe that's from Brother Jackie. Uh, you know, people that are not saved, you can't expect them to act in love because they don't know what love is. We don't know what love is until we know the Father because the Father is love and He teaches us. So people of today are angry and the last thing that they want to do is to give a gentle answer uh, whenever they feel like they are being attacked. They see this as a sign of weakness. And most people do see it as a sign of weakness. You know, somebody attacks me, I can't back down because they're going to think I'm weak. But, you know, most people, and and it's kind of one of those situations today that it, it blows my mind. It's almost like society today wants to live like the Old Testament. You know, going back to the an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You know, you do something to me, then I need to give it back to you in the same manner. You know, that's the way it was in the Old Testament, but that's not the way it is anymore because Christ fulfilled the Old Testament. He fulfilled the law. So we have to handle things the way the new covenant is designed, and that comes with compassion and love. You know, where does it end? You know, if everybody keeps passing the anger back and forth and back and forth, where does it end or how does it stop? You know, it won't stop until someone finally looks past the anger and tries to see what the real problem is and what might be the answer to that problem. But the main thing is, is we have to communicate. What does anger normally do? It breaks communication, does it not? I get angry at you, you get angry at me, we usually go our separate ways. Well, we can't work our problems out if we're not coming back together and talking about that. So we break that communication. You know, being the bigger person is not weakness. Being the bigger person is letting God's strength shine through us and use us to be the voice of reason, even though everyone around us is being blinded with anger. Somebody has to be the voice of reason. So showing restraint 
is a good thing, not a weak thing. You know, we have to realize that, you know, if, if we keep adding fuel to the fire, what's going to happen? That fire keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, is it not? You know, I heard this somewhere, but if you're trying to put out a fire, someone needs to be the water. Someone has to be the diffusing mechanism to put out the fire. I'll tell you a little story. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I'm uh, thankful that I survived. When I was a young boy, I found my father's gas can up in the shed. And he was going to work. I was there by myself, which wasn't a good thing because I got into trouble a lot of times. But I learned how to build a fire. And I built a little fire, and I was playing with fire. And I got the bright idea the fire wasn't big enough. So I was going to take the gas can and pour a little gas on the fire to make it bigger. Little did I know how fast fire travels in gas. So the fire went up into the gas can. Luckily, it didn't explode. I threw the gas can down, and the gas can burned up. So lesson learned, but not really taught, I should say, because I was stupid enough to do it again down the road. Uh, Dad found the burnt gas can, by the way. I got in trouble for that, so I uh, didn't get away with it. Did get in trouble, but didn't learn my lesson. Me and uh, some buddies were teenagers, and we were camping out down the road on a neighbor's property. And uh, we had a fire going, and there was another little gas can. And I thought the same thing. Well, maybe I didn't do it fast enough last time. Let's see if I can do it faster this time. So I went to dump a little gas on it travels up into the can, catches the can on fire. I drop the can, and the gas goes everywhere on fire, all over my friend's sleeping bag, catches everybody on fire. And I'm saying, roll, roll, stop, drop, roll, and everything. Luckily, everybody was okay. Nobody got hurt. Uh, but that time, I did learn my lesson. Gas and fire is too fast for me, so I did not try that ever, ever again. Uh, but that kind of taught me a lesson that when you're adding fuel to the fire, things can travel faster than you think they can. A harsh word might spark something quicker than what you think it can. And guess what, guys? When you say something, can you ever take it back? You can apologize for it, but you can never really take it back. It's out there. And so we really need to think about the words we say, even in anger, because once they're out there, they're out there. And trust me, it is. I have said things that I have begged God to forgive me for, or begged Carol to give me, forgive me for, or friends that I have hurt. I was like, why in the world did I say that? There's things that, that might break down in your relationships that you might not ever get back, or it might take a long time to get them back. So we really have to watch what we say. You know, James talks about the tongue and, and how... You know, uh, it's a small, you know, muscle, but how, you know, it's uh, greater than a uh, boat, uh, you know, uh, rudder or whatever. Uh, so we have to really watch what we put out there because once it's out there, it's out there. Uh, God loves peacemakers again. I can't, can't emphasize that enough. If we go to James, which is what I was talking about in James 3, verses 17 and 18, it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, 
submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. You know, Jesus put himself, or put us, I'm sorry, before himself, and we are to follow his example. You know, if you look at that again, you know, peace-loving, considerate, that's thinking of others above yourself, submissive, that's maybe humbling yourself and doing things that you might not want to do, but your ego, because your ego won't let you, but you have to realize that it might be the best for that situation to diffuse a situation, full of mercy and grace and good fruits, which is what we know Christ is, impartial, which is means we're not going to put one person above another, and sincere. You know, if we truly see people and love people the way God loves them, the way Jesus loves them, it's easy to humble yourself. It's easier to maybe be the bigger person and to, to say the kind words that instead of, you know, maybe lashing back at them. So we need to really look at that and look how Christ handled everything. But he tells us if we sow in peace, we will reap a harvest of righteousness. You know, it, it, it breaks my heart that um, my family, going back to my family, a lot of my cousins and stuff, um, they get their feelings hurt, and they won't talk to people for years. I have one cousin, and I won't mention names, but he hasn't really spoken to his brother in like 20 years. You know, and they've lost a mother since then. And it, it breaks my heart that somebody would kind of harbor uh, that kind of a grudge uh, because look at the life that you're missing out on. You know, every day is a blessing from God. We don't get those days back. You know, so we need to make sure that we, you know, tell the people around us that we love them. You know, if somebody says something or hurts you, is it really that big of a deal? You know, I mean, you know, I've... I've you know, I tell you what, I, I, the guys I work with, you know, we this past week has been hot, and we have been hot and sweaty and just tired and just trying to get through the day, and you know, people have gave short answers or snappy answers, and I could have very easily got offended and snapped back at them, but that would have caused an argument that really didn't mean to be, didn't need to be an argument. You know, so I would just either just not say anything or just, hey, is it time to go get some water? Do we need to take a break? You know, that kind of thing. You know, let's just sit down and, and rest a minute and then get back at it. You know, try to be the bigger person. Try to be the peacemaker. But, you know, like I said, I've got family members that haven't spoken to each other in years. Uh, my father uh, didn't speak to one of my aunts for years. Uh, because of something that went on 20, 30 years before that, and I really didn't even know what they were mad at each other about. And it's just, to, to me, that is exhausting. It's just no way to live, is it? it to, it's too exhausting to be mad at someone. Now, Carol will tell you that I've probably harbored bitter feelings toward people, but normally after a amount of time I can't stand it no more I'll have to go to that person and, and say hey we need to work this out or I apologize for what I did I can't live with this no more or at least I need to get it off my chest and I'll put it the ball in their court 
And then when that happens, usually they will, you know, come to me and say, okay, let's talk, or, or you know, I forgive you too, and we can agree to disagree or, or at least move on, you know. But it's so exhausting to be angry at someone. You know, I think these people, and I've said it before, it's my cousins and some of the people that I'm thinking about that you don't know that are like this, it's almost like they get up every morning and they're thinking, okay, who's going to be the person to make me mad today? You know, and usually if you're looking for somebody to make you angry, what are you going to find? Somebody to make you angry, are you not? It's like if you're looking for a fight, you're probably going to find it. So we need to, to realize that, that we might be the problem sometimes in, in you know, causing the fight or, or causing a situation. It might be us that's the problem. So be the answer, not the problem. You know, I've heard it said before, um, it takes two to have a fight, right? And that's so true. So we can choose to walk away and defuse the fight. Especially if we're a Christian, we need to walk away and defuse the fight. You know, the Bible tells us to turn the other cheek now. And we all know that that would be hard to do if someone struck you. But, you know, he's telling us that we need to de-escalate a situation and that's what we need to do whatever we need to do to do that because being angry being in a fight is not going to solve anything it's not going to be a christian-like thing to do so if we act like everyone else then how does that really glorify god it doesn't he doesn't get glory in that we are set apart and he has set us apart to be holy and to be like him to be more like christ and so we all know that Christ didn't really get angry when somebody attacked him, did he? He handled it with love and compassion because he was usually focused upon the eternal things and not just getting caught up in the little fights on this earth or this planet. So he knew that there's greater things he needed to be focused upon, and he was looking at the person's soul, not what the person was actually doing or, or his actions. So gracious and soft words can only come from a pure and gentle heart. And we can only get that through Christ. Proverbs 22.11 reads, One who loves a pure heart and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. So we need to make sure that we love with the heart that God has given us through the Holy Spirit. Uh, God doesn't want us to go through life getting run over or getting pushed around every day, but there are eternal consequences for our actions. And we need to take them seriously and with much advisement from the Spirit's guidance before we react. So normally a quick reaction is not a good thing. Just like me pouring that gas on that fire wasn't a good thing. It was faster than what I was. And so if we react and we react the wrong way, then guess what happens? Things go bad. And once they go bad, we can't take it back. So don't be the snake and be the one that only lashes out in anger, only lashes out in rage, because it ended up killing the snake. It could end up killing us or someone around us is it not so god has a better way and we need to be looking for that better way each and every day 
I'm going to wrap it up. We're going to get out here early, but we're going to have a uh, moment of invitation. I'm going to pray and give Jessica time to come over, and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God's word has encouraged you. You feel like you've had fellowship and been at home with family. Today, if God has moved in your heart, and today you would like to make him not only the Savior, but the Lord of your life, first, it's important to know that we are sinners. We're born sinners. No one can bridge the gap that was separated when sin broke what God had created so beautifully. If today you know you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and you know that Jesus Christ was born, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross to pay for your sin. Today, if you want to, you can trust him as your Lord and Savior. It requires you to pray and in faith, ask him to save you, to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you, and you wanna live for him. I pray today, if you do that, that you will reach out to us. We would love to get you connected in a church body, a church home, wherever that might be, and get discipleship around you so you can grow in this new life that you found in Christ. Read God's word. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. God bless you.